Hey, gang. I am your humble co-host. And Matthew is back now. He had to go turn down the heat because he saw me and started sweating from underneath his nipples. <laughs> was that uh, was that Hey Gang? Was that your attempt at uh, your your impression of Ben Shapiro? Hey, hey gang. gang. Hey, <laughs> hey gang. <laughs> Why don't you tell me about Bowling Branch sheets? <laughs> right now, we're doing our biggest sale. Five zero percent off the Daily Wire. <laughs> Where's Jim Bob when you need him? Hmm. All righty, guys. Ben Shapiro kind of sounds like Mike Mentzer. That's true. He actually does. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, now, there is an emote. We have new emotes, or whatever they're called on YouTube. Um, let me try one here. Strunk. Yeah. So Strunk gives you a little picture of Mike Mentzer looking Ooh. like Chad. And if you type... Uh, let's see here. Noticing. Oh, look at that. There's a noticing guy. This is, of course, in the live chat on YouTube. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, you're going to have to go look at our YouTube stream of this episode and check the live chat where you can now use these different emotes. What was the other one I made? I think it was, oh, it was Don Draper with a Zoomer haircut. And who's <laughs> Zoomer haircut? Yeah, so that's your What's Zoomer, Zoomer haircut. Is that like the like the undercut fade thing with like the perm on top and the yeah. ramen noodle hair spilling over on the forehead? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, there was one other. Oh, King is the other one. So if you type King, it'll give you the uh, the King uh, the King pilled logo. And if you become a member as Brody Alexander, what's up, young old boy? He just became a member of the YouTube channel known as Kingpilled. It gives you your little icon. You get a little uh, a little Kingpilled logo badge on your icon. As you can see now, as Brody Alexander in the live chat has posted his first emote, Don Draper, the Zoomer. So <laughs> this is a new way that you guys can support the show and join in on the fun of the live chat. Uh, you can become a member of the show. You have to, as I understand it, you have to... Uh, uh, do it from a desktop. It's not going to work from a phone. So if you're on a phone, you're going to look for a join button that's not there. Um, but if you go to a desktop, you can do it there. What's up, Well Emanuel? We got that another member. Really dumb. That seems really, really. I dumb don't. To me. I can't fathom why they wouldn't have that feature. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Cable says he's not going to double dip. So Brody says he just signed up for, from his phone. We okay, welcome. So maybe you can. We welcome double dipping. Yeah, we do. It's called communion. Oh, that's right. Well, Emmanuel using out using the, the king emote in the chat. All right, guys, well, you can have fun if you want to become a, a supporting member of the show here. Um, we're not really we don't have a whole lot of special stuff we're going to do for it necessarily. If you want that, you got to you got to get in the in the discord. The Kingfield discord is where it's at, which is going to be having a bunch of uh, a bunch of updates made to it here in the very near future. Um, Android phone. OK. 
What's up, 2-Bit Podcast? Another member of the King Pilled YouTube. Um, so yeah, if you want to, if you just want a simple way, uh, I think it's five bucks a month, simple way you can, you can give a little money to YouTube and then give some to us too. Um, we appreciate that. We appreciate you supporting our overlords that allow us to, to stream here. Um, but you can also support us. So, uh, you should also go become members at uh two bit podcast, their YouTube channel. Cooper and I were on there last night. The first part of the stream, uh, we, we hopped in right at the end and then he went members only. So if you're a member of the two bit podcast, you can hear us talking about uh, uh, some noticing and gooning and uh, zoomers and cooming. And I don't remember what else we all talked about, but um, so go, go support the two bit podcast as well. And you can hear, you can hear us talk there. Uh, appreciate you guys. Thank you for becoming members here. And if you want to, if you want the next level, then you can join the King Pilled discord uh, for a limited time longer. It's going to be av available on subscribe star. You uh, you can sign up. Oh, here let me let me turn the music off. See, I just get jamming with it. It doesn't like. It's kind of nice just having this hanging out in the background. But I'm sure people probably don't want to hear it. So I know Cooper doesn't want to hear it. Um. Yeah. If you uh uh for a limited time longer, you can you can join the the King Pill Subscribe Star. And uh, if you sign up there, you get added to the King Pill Discord where we have all kinds of good stuff going on. Last night, for the third time in the last week, I think I fell asleep um on the discord voice chat we were having a great conversation there and uh grandpa maddie here just kind of uh conked out and <laughs> i realized it again when i woke up in the morning and uh was still on discord and everyone was making fun of me for it um when i was still on the live on the discord voice chat <clears throat> um it'd be funny if i like started i don't know if i talk in my sleep i did when i was younger i don't know if i do now but if you guys join the discord and you get into that voice chat and you happen to check it at like, I don't know, three or four in the morning, uh, uh, central standard time, you get me asleep and who knows, I might be on there talking and be completely asleep, just talking to myself. That'd be something you guys could, uh, that might be an extra little members perk. Uh, two bit says I snore like a beast. Yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, I just snore. Okay. So, so consensus is that I snore. Okay, so what was I going to say? We have uh, uh, memberships. We got new members on the on the channel again. Well, Emmanuel, Two Bit Podcast, and Young Old Boy. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate your support. Hope you guys enjoy the uh, the little membership perks. Uh, and then again, you can join the King Pill Discord. Uh, there's going to be some big changes here made, uh, hopefully soon. We're a little little technical stuff we got to work through, but um, we're going to be relaunching the supporting listeners group in a in a, in a particular way. And uh, anybody who is in the group before we relaunch it will be automatically grandfathered into the top tier of membership uh, perks in the Discord. Um, no matter what level you're actually supporting at, we're going to automatically grandfather you guys in as an appreciation uh, for being, uh, I guess, like our legacy members. <clears throat> so once again, subscribestar.com slash kingpilled. That will get you can sign up there and you can get your foot in the door before it closes. Um, we will still have a supporting listeners group. You will be able to sign up for it. It's just going to be a little bit different. Um, all right. <coughs> so uh, <clears throat> got a few different things that uh, we're thinking about talking about here today. Cooper and I went down a really, really bizarre rabbit hole in the internet today. Um, not probably not what you're, th in fact, I guarantee you, it's not what you're thinking. I guarantee you, you have, 
absolutely no idea what we saw. You, you literally, it would not be possible for you to conceive of it. It's very, very strange. There are some very weird corners of the internet. Um, and this kind of ties in where, where this ties in with some of the stuff we've been talking about lately is it connects with this, uh, uh, zoomer humor, the zoomer spirit, uh, the connection that the zoomer spirit has to the gen X spirit. Um, and we've been talking about this stuff at length in the discord voice chats lately. Um, so I'm going to, if I, some of the stuff I talk about today, if you guys have heard it before, um, either because I happen to talk about it on here or because you're in the supporting listeners group and you heard us, um, you we were in one of the voice chats, we were discussing this. I apologize. Um, I don't remember where I've talked about this and where I haven't at this point. Um, but there is, there's some really interesting stuff to, uh, to, to, I guess, derive from this relationship between the, the Gen X spirit and the Zoomer spirit, and then the Boomer spirit. And the, I think part of the reason, like the big reason why this is really important to me and why I keep coming back to it, why my mind is really fixated on it is because part of what we're going to get in today is the changes that we're expecting to see over the next, uh, I don't know, 10 to 15 years. There's going to be some really dramatic changes. And the reasons for that are uh, generational. They have to do with natural uh, cyclic social cycles, but you have to be able to identify these cycles, which is really meta. It, it, it takes a like being able to step back from yourself and kind of survey the whole forest rather than just the individual trees, then being able to see both the forest and the individual trees and disambiguate between them. And this is something that the nature of internet relationships being completely uncharted territory for, for, for human beings, it, it's really finding its fullness in the zoomer generation and the way they experience the world. They're basically, their minds are wired to navigate the weird wild frontier of internet social relationships. And by internet social relationships, I'm not just talking about like, you know, a group chat where you bullshit on social media or whatever. I'm saying like the formation of entire markets, the formation of, of entirely new governance structures. These are what I mean by social relationships. Um, so I think it's really important to understand the coming generation and the way the coming generation thinks before they and as they're getting into power because i think this transition in power is going to be dramatic it's going to happen very quickly and it's going to have long-reaching effects um, xavier makes a really good point here that i hadn't considered Ooh, this is a good point he says uh zoomers are going to own the trades while millennials continue to drown in student loan debt that's a really really interesting thought this is one thing that we were just talking about this in the voice chat last night actually that it's funny how the the trades are actually everyone was like oh automation is going to automate away all the blue collar work and the blue collar work is the stuff that's surviving and starting to thrive and all the white collar stuff is what's getting getting automated away um so this is this is very interesting because the millennials kind of fell into this gap this this generational gap where they weren't fully adapted to online life but they also weren't really um as far along and established in their careers and their income and everything as the previous generation. So they sort of got the ladder pulled up on them, but then they didn't really get the benefit of the coming thing either. So they're kind of caught in between. This is why uh, two bit Jason, two bit um, Jason from two bit is uh, has said that the millennial generation, like their archetype is the managers. Um, and this is actually like middle managers. And this is actually something I put in the title for the show today, um, the death of the managers, because I think that we're going to see the death of the managers. And it's going to be in large part because of this. 
Um, so for those of you who are members, you can you can hit the Zoomer emote in the chat because we were talking about Zoomers. Um, so before we get into that, the uh, Cooper introduced me to something today. And this is part of this is just for entertainment's sake, just for us to have some laughs. Um, but then uh, the other, they're actually, I think it's it's very in, informative about like this particular brand of humor. You can really see something in the way that they look at the world. Um, so let me do the screen share here and make sure it works. Okay, hey, it works. Woohoo! Um, so this is a guy that uh, Cooper. Oh, you you introduce him, Cooper. I don't. I I just know whatever you've told me about him. He is the greatest meme smith on the internet, in my opinion. And what makes him so good? He's funny. <laughs> the uh, the the. I'm sure you is... guys have seen his memes because they've gone viral. Some of them, many times, and they even to this day, he doesn't really make memes anymore, as far as I know. But to this day, like his, his memes get reposted all the time. Um, he was really active maybe a year and a half, two years ago, uh, and leading up to that, and he just makes really banging memes that are so the, really in line with the 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 zoomer male grind set <laughs> the zoomer male grind set you said that the other day and i forgot what you'd said so i'm big, i'm glad you reminded me of that zoomer male grind set we need to use that um so here's an example of this is his it's called welcome to my meme page for those who aren't watching you're just listening um i guess i can't zoom it in what happens if i zoom out ooh if i zoom out it zooms in that's cool. Interesting. All right. There. So then you guys can... Oh, it's probably going to fuck up the other tabs I have. Oh, well, whatever. Um, so this is an example of the type of meme he has. They're simultaneously really low effort and really high effort memes. That's one of the things that's kind of funny about them. This one here is presented as... Like, if you just look at it, it says 10 Principles of War on the top, and it has like a like an epic painting of a, of a, of a, of a glorious battlefield. And it looks like it, it's like the... Like the like ten quotes from Sun Tzu or something like that is typically what you see in this format. So it's usually a very serious kind of thoughtful, um, the the type of thing someone reads through and they're like, oh wow, that's really interesting. This is like the I don't know the middle age of the internet was when you looked at this stuff and you shared it and you're like, oh yeah, this is this is really cool. And so he, now he's 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 parodying this format. He says rule number one, the ten principles of war. Principle number one: the first thing you need in war is to have an enemy. Principle number two, the best place to have a war is to have it where the enemy lives. Principle number three, if you need an enemy, try making enemies with the devil who lives in your heart and in your thoughts and in all the kingdoms of man. <laughs> Principle number four, don't get yourself into a war you won't be able to win. Try having a war against Toronto or Greece first, or try having a war against common sense or basic decency or prudence or even the remotest ambition. You seem like you'd be good at those. <laughs> So there's like a, there's a self-awareness to it. Five, if you give war a try and don't like it, that's okay. Don't let anyone talk you into doing something you don't want to do. You can always try again later when it feels right. Principle number six, always lie to the enemy. Tell him you can do things you cannot do and can see things you cannot see. Tell him you're not there. Tell him you're not, tell him you're very, very sick. Tell them, tell him you've got a big surprise for him. Tell him aloha from Hawaii. Tell him things that will make him puke. Tell him it's different this time. Tell him you've changed. <laughs> <laughs> principle number seven just because you are in a war doesn't mean you can't make friends 
It doesn't mean you can't smile or laugh, and it doesn't mean you can't be yourself. Principle number eight, just because you are in one ward does not mean you can't be in four or five more. <laughs> Principle number nine, send a big plane out to bomb your enemy from space and then fly back to Missouri over and over again. <laughs> Principle number 10, if you do not get your bedtime, you will never win any war. No one who is a sleepyhead has ever won anything in their life. <laughs> um, it's, so like, it's this is, his voice reminds me so much of someone and I can't think of who it is. Um, it's, uh, let's find another one here. Um, let's pick this one. Sending bad vibes your way. Bad feelings. This is you, Yes. I'm concentrating hard on skeletal imageries, despair, knives. Do you feel yet? Feel it yet? Tell me when you feel it. <laughs> His voice, I, you know who it is? It's uh, The Oatmeal. You ever read The Oatmeal? No. Oh, it's another, it was, that's, that's millennial humor. The Oatmeal is millennial humor, which is kind of, um, it's, it's on its way to this, but it's not absurd enough. It's not as absurd as this is. Um, the uh, was there any others here that you wanted to to look at? That one with the fish in the middle there is pretty good. That's <laughs> this one of my here. favorites. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got one of these like evolutionary fish trying to come up come up out of the water like they're coming onto land, and it says, "Stop them! You missed your chance, pal." And the fish is coming out of their filthy water and is coming out onto our blessed ground. It says, "If you see a horrid beast evolving, push it back in." <laughs> It's like I don't I don't even know what to call this this type of humor. It's uh, well, and it, it. what's really funny is he's kind of playing on, you know, it's like the leftist. This is like the leftist meme that's just a wall of text. Mm -hmm. Like eighty percent of his memes are just walls of text, right? But they're actually hilarious. They're kind of the thing that, like, if you just sort of glance at it, it looks like um, old internet content. It looks like like the the proto memes, the memes people were putting together when they were first starting to figure out what memes are. So if like if you kind of let your eyes cross and you don't actually read the text, it just looks like you're looking at one of these old old things. But then you start reading it, and he's got a very distinct voice, this very um, kind of absurd, ironic, um, uh, breaking the fourth wall type of character. Yeah. It also reminds me of uh, uh, Chris Simpson's artist. Have you seen that guy? Mm -mm. He's another one. This is actually, this would be a good example of the uh, Chris. I think it's Chris Simpson's artist. Yeah. Uh, is he on? Okay, good. He's on Instagram. So this, he's, this is, this is very odd. This is very odd humor. It's kind of like some of it is funny and some of it is just, just kind of weird. Um, so like this guy here. Oh, yeah, I know this guy. <laughs> yeah. November 1st, it is Christmas. And this, like, really weird fucked up guy who has tons and tons of fingers. And this is what all of his art, it all looks like. like this. What is wrong? I wish that I was dead. Don't cry over spilt cow juice. Like, random, like, super long finger. Like, they don't have feet. This is this kind of weird, like, uh, starting to explore... This, I, I don't even know what to call it. Um, four signs you're addicted to your phone. When you wake up, the first thing you do is lick your phone. When you aren't holding your phone, you sniff your finger so you can smell your phone. You would <laughs> rather look at your phone than look at after your stepson, Ian, who is actually on fire. You can get pregnant by your phone 
you get pregnant by your phone so you can give birth to more phones. It's just this like really bizarre, um, uh, inhuman kind of. It's it's sort yeah. of. It kind of reminds me of. There's a certain style there that kind of reminds me of like the llamas with hats. Mm, you yeah, know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> In that whole era, that's a good example of like llamas with hats. Is a good example of. Uh, like millennial humor and Charlie the Unicorn Oops. and things of that sort. Uh-huh. That's when things were That's... starting to get weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> France. Rats. Age 18. Length 13 centimeters. Eyesight. Yes. Best friend. Charmander. Catchphrase. Pivep. <laughs> and he has one of these for each of them. Look at her face. <laughs> Rachel. Age unknown, length seven, best friend Mothra enjoys lumps. Catchphrase, we weren't on a breakfast. <laughs> okay, so sometimes this guy gets some good ones. Um, Mothra, age 10,000. <laughs> Love interest Godzilla enjoys cooking and entertaining. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, these are like, oh, yeah, it does have an, a, a, an Adventure Time aesthetic. It definitely yeah, adventure time. That's yeah, that's what yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh well, Emmanuel says, remember when jokes were shared via email inside a PowerPoint? That and cringe motivational phrases with landscape images. Uh-huh. So that's that's actually it's like those so those things, people did those things, and then those people began being perceived as cringe. And so then doing those things was perceived as cringe. So then people started doing them ironically, and so and then people started making parodies of the ironies so it's like there's this progression in you can see the way each successive generation relates back to the prior one and the way they perceive the prior one so these are kind of like these are these aren't directly like there's the category of boomer memes and these aren't making fun of boomer memes per se but they're making fun of they're poking fun at and kind of mocking and uh fucking around with the 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 previous generation's normal method of communication so this new generation their method of communication their method of relating to one another and interacting with the world has this weird self-aware meta ironic perspective where they begin um embodying the exact opposite of what they think as cool and in doing that are being cool to themselves. Yeah, like uh and you can see the evolution, like the the motivational posters or captions. That's a good that's a good example where you know mm -hmm. you courage and then a little description and then like a picture of like a mountain or something, someone climbing a mountain or whatever. <clears throat> and then you got the next generation or the, the next the next phase generation. of that where people um thought all that was cringe. So they started making up like like shitty versions of those where it'd be, you know, edgy or whatever. And say, I, I'm thinking of an example of that would be, there's an episode of how I met your mother where there's a poster in Barney's office that says like, um, Oh, why is the word escaping me right now? I just had it. Conformity. Where it has a bunch of pictures of like penguins all lined up mm. looking identical and it says conformity and then it has like oh the joys of conformity or whatever so it's kind of like uh making fun of the motivational posters and uh -huh. then 
the 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 twisted fucked up motivational posters got kind of boring so you had people start posting the original motivational posters again but doing so ironically and then you had people making memes about the people who were doing it ironically and then it just like it slowly abstracts away from from like a yeah the original thing mhm and these like these are kind of these are somewhat normal dynamics in human uh, social interactions between generations, but they're not usually this amplified. You don't usually get to see in the, over the course of human history, you haven't been able to watch these sort of um, mimetic rivalrous um, back and forths evolve this quickly, but it's getting faster and faster because, because the internet is ultimately, it's, it's like a, like a force multiplier on human ability to 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 generate things so the 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 effect of the internet is that it's accelerating these cycles and if you want to see where the cycle's going you got to start figuring out how it's working figure out how it's 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 morphing um and and the way there's like the cycle and then there's the people who become aware of the cycle and then they begin reacting in a certain way with respect to the cycle, which feeds the cycle in a different way. So you start getting into levels of, of uh, you get into fractals, fractals. These this cool math thing. Um, there was one other kind of of a similar sort of humor to that. I just wanted to highlight while I was thinking about it. Um, if you guys have ever heard of this little kind of a Gen X thing, um, have you ever heard of uh, Jack Handy? Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. <clears throat> he was a guy who was on SNL for a long time, and you'd have this segment that would be like. It would be sort of like that motivational video where there's like some nice music and it's like panning across a landscape and you get this nice script on the screen and you have this nice voiceover and it's deep thoughts with Jack Handy. And he'd say stuff like, um, if you go flying back through time and you see somebody else flying forward in the future, it's probably best to avoid eye contact. Or if I ever get real rich, I hope I'm not real mean to poor people like I am now. If trees could scream, would we be so cavalier about cutting them down? We might if they screamed all the time for no good reason. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I think you have to march right in and demand your rights, even if you don't know what your rights are or who the person is you're talking to. Then on the way out, slam the door. I can picture in my mind a world without war, a world without hate, and I can picture us attacking that world because they'd never expect it. Um, or before you criticize someone, you should walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when you criticize them, you're a mile away from them and you have their shoes. Uh, this is a... a um, reminds me of Norm Macdonald. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very Norm Macdonald. And this here, like, this I think is part of this proto Zoomer spirit that we've we've talked about before. It's and it's no wonder that you get this sort of thing really kind of correlates to the '80s. Like the '80s is when Norm Macdonald was first coming up. That's when Jack Handy was with with SNL '80s and the '90s. Um, it, it's you have this spirit of. Um, beginning to take these like warm, lofty, idealistic boomer um, tropes and start to satirize them and mock them and um, uh, and flip them on their heads. That really started with Gen X. And now in the Zoomers, we're seeing like kind of like the apotheosis or the, the, the um, exaggeration of the Gen X spirit. Um, all right, so I want to... I want to I want to continue some of this this talk here and talk about how it affects the the world with plays into the World Economic Forum and the uh, uh, what do you call it stakeholder capitalism. I think there's some dynamics there 
um, that are relevant to this. But before we do that, um, I want to read you guys these two tweets. There's, there is so much, uh, there's so much in here. There is absolutely so much in here. I'm fascinated by the content of the tweets, like with the actual like substance of what he's talking about. I'm also absolutely fascinated with his prose, the way that he writes. The way that he writes is an art form. It's an art form and it's an expression of a particular personality. You can, you can just see it. You can, you can, I don't know what it is. I don't know how um, we identify these. It's just like a particular pattern that, that some of us have become like, we recognize this pattern when we see it. There's a particular personality associated with this style of writing. Um, and then it kind of ties back into what we're talking about with the generational stuff. We'll send you down some weird rabbit holes. Yes, we'll we'll kind of we'll dip our toe in those rabbit holes just just briefly, um, and then you guys can continue that if you'd like. But uh, so this guy here, his name is Scorched Earth Policy on Twitter, and this was the tweet on it was on yeah on Thanksgiving is when this tweet went super viral. Elon Musk replied to it. A bunch of people replied to it. It's a he's quote tweeting. I'll scroll down here. He's quote tweeting this tweet from Josh Lakash says millennial humor is so empty. Their relationships are empty. And what it is, is it's a video that was posted on TikTok and then brought over onto Twitter. Well, here, can you, can you hear that? I cannot. You haven't muted right now. Could you hear it before? No. No. Audio's not, okay. I want, it's just the typical like uh, millennial girl voice. I got invited to Thanksgiving and like Thanksgiving oh is so God. exciting. She talks like Xavier. Everything's kind of a question. <laughs> yeah. Upward inflection at the end of everything that you say. And then you've got to get a little bit of vocal fry. You kind of have yeah. to sort of act Maybe like, like you the just red don't care girl, about anything. The red scare girls smoking yeah. cigarettes and yeah. yeah, giving commentary. We should just start doing this. That's this so like ironic. Our... Yeah, ar ironic. Like it's rain on your wedding day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So what she's saying is they have this this celebration. This is this is pure millennial cringe. She has they have the celebration called Thanksgiving. So all these people, all these people apparently don't have families. Now, why might that be? Is it their fault that they don't have families? Is it not their fault they don't have families? In either case, it's sad and pathetic. The and likely you can kind of deduce very likely this maybe isn't fair, but it's very true that a lot of these people of this demographic, the type of person who would do something like this, where they would have a Thanksgiving celebration where all of them dress up like Tom Hanks. That's what this Dude, is. I remember. Um, it's got to be close to 10 years now. 10 years ago, maybe a year after we graduated, Xavier hosted at his house a Friendsgiving. Um, Xavier, come on, man. It was supposed to be just all the buddies getting together for Thanksgiving or thereabouts and drinking a couple beers and hanging out, but he didn't remember to invite anybody. <laughs> Until, like... <laughs> he had a Friendsgiving and forgot to invite people. <laughs> so I show up like an hour early and then I was like, did you did you invite anyone? He just kind of assumed that everyone would know he was doing this. So, so then he sent out a text. No one showed up but one other. There was like two people. There was me and then one of our other friends and Xavier. And maybe one other person, maybe not. 
and we sat on his floor and drank all the beer. Oh my god. <laughs> He's never gonna live this down. <laughs> Xavier's the loneliest person in the world. <laughs> well, Emmanuel with the noticing. <laughs> uh that's great. Oh man. Yeah, this is just like I mean, I kind of there's on one hand, there's like the sympathetic side of me that's like, you know, you have these people. I remember I remember being away from home and like uh like going into school in Europe and you know, no none of us had families there. So we would get together and we would we would do things that, you know, to try to make up for the fact we missed our families and that sort of thing. We just had different activities. But these are in large part, these are people who have explicitly ostracized themselves from their families. They're not doing this because they don't have families to go to. They're doing this because they don't want to do Thanksgiving with their families. They've they've been estranged from their families for one reason or another, um, or their families are dead, or like they they these are these are products of the um, the cultural degeneration. So I, on one hand, I feel sorry for them. On the other hand, there many of them are creators of their own own patheticness. Um, so. So everyone was, was was talking about this. This clip went viral, and then this guy's tweet went viral. Um, and it's it's just part of the the nature of this um, writing style is I think you have to just read straight through it. So I'm not I'm just going to read the entire tweet, and then we'll go back and we'll talk about different different aspects of it. But this is this particular writing style is uh, like a form of art, and it, it's almost like kind of like a performance art. So I want to give it the the give it what it's due. A lot of people were all bent out of shape just about his specific writing style and and like oh I use too many <laughs> words and and you 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 like adjectives too much whatever. I'm like dude, it's a fucking like he's writing this way intentionally. It's not anyway. You you guys get the point. So scorched earth policy. It's at s c e a r p o on Twitter. I think it's probably scurpo. It's just the first um sound from each of the three through three words. Um. He says, the flaccid asexual emptiness of millennial culture is the direct result of cohabitating male and female friendships in a middle to lower class environment, which possesses none of the aristocratic eccentricities to normally justify mixing women and men together in a platonic environment. When manifested in the office drone white collar slash service industry crossover of the average millennial urbanite, you get a facade of equanimity masking a sneering underlying bitterness and hostility. But scorch, everyone's just vibing out. What's your problem? Let people have fun. Chill out. No. I've been balls deep inside of the average, the office tier target furniture, core marketing degree, craft brewery, barcade, social circle via the barren woman, anxiety, medicated birth control, ex-girlfriend's friend group. I've looked these people in their swollen SSRI faces and seen the bare traced vestiges of what was once a soul. It's a natural fact that the men in such a friend group are either a normal dudes, quietly bored, but playing nice because they're someone's boyfriend. Been B there. beyond <laughs> ditto. B, beyond unbelievably pussy-whipped soft betas who haven't acknowledged unrequited feelings for one of the girls. C, closeted or uncloseted homosexuals who may have been mk ultra into a sodomite <laughs> lifestyle from living the real-life equivalent of a sparkling water commercial diverse friend group for over, over a decade. These people are not having fun. Every group I've ever encountered that does this cringe shit is populated by people who all constantly complain about how depressed and anxious they are while making ha-ha ironic jokes about wanting to die, living timid, trembling lives with little to no jouissance. The millennial is arguably the most unfortunate generation in recent history. They represent the apex of a devastating culture war and the most direct results of spiritual castration with the least amount of pushback antithesis elements among their ranks. 
Besides the obvious insufferable premise of an entire performative event being built around a shitty pun turning into the accidental idolization of a mut mutilation, blood sacrifice, cannibal, child rapist, reptilian, adrenochrome junkie, the video is just one of many seemingly inconsequential irritations that the average millennial presents. Theirs is a world of nagging rationalizations and pseudo-sensibilities. Sometimes you need to take a step back and trust your gut instinct. The only thing standing in between you and the total domestication of your bloodline into the human equivalent of a labradoodle is your ability to say, nah, this shit's gay and not be crucified by your entire friend group for it. The murmuring millennial male who goes along with the soft human resources tier Lululemon longhouse of burgeoning mids and his bumble built friend group is the modern eunuch. If you're a young man and your friend group does shit like this and you've, and you're enjoying yourself, then by all means discard this entire post of some wackadoodle rant from a bitter incel or whatever, live your life and be happy. But if you're in a friend group that does shit like this and you feel some resonance with what I've said, if you've known the quiet turbulence of bored rage listening to the forced wine-drunk laughter of your 400th session of Cards Against Humanity, then for your own sake, please free yourself. If you're charming and have good taste, take absolute control of your friend group and filter it down to something meaningful. If it's too far gone or you're not capable of that, slowly cut yourself off. Pursue someone, something meaningful, make more money, become stronger, faster, more violent. Seriously, learn a new skill. You are wasting your time. If you're a young woman, stop wearing spandex, never watch another episode of Friends again, don't smoke weed, don't take SSRIs, don't take melatonin, don't take birth control, gay guys aren't your friends, and if you don't have other female friends, it's because something is wrong with you. Banger. Absolute fucking banger. One of the most epic pieces of writing that I've ever read, much less tweets. This, as an aside, this is why I am fully on board with Twitter, the new, the new Twitter with the expanded, with the ability, like this is phenomenal. I want to read people who write like this and I don't want to have it broken up into, into 240 characters or whatever dumb shit. Um, this is phenomenal. So, um, I just want to highlight a couple of the lines in here just for the sake of appreciating it. A couple of these lines that were just, mm, just absolutely fantastic. Mm. It's actually, it's actually three lines in a row here. The only thing standing in between you and the total domestication of your bloodline into the human equivalent of a labradoodle, which, oh my God, like that, that is how you sell the idea, is your ability to say, nah, this shit's gay and not be crucified by your entire friend group for it. This, this sentence is just an, an epic, uh, I don't know, like a firebolt at the mind of uh, the... I don't know, the, the, the terminally online person. There's something fascinating about being able to take the first part of the sentence, which is uh, this kind of elaborate analogy, the total domestication of your bloodline into the human equivalent of a labradoodle. It's like this very wordy, punchy, um, elaborate, deep idea. And the second half of it is your ability to say, no, nah, that shit's gay that juxtaposition of those two things together. This very is zoomer. very, very zoomer. <clears throat> the next sentence, the murmuring millennial male, fantastic uh, um, alliteration, who goes along with the soft human resources tier Lululemon longhouse of burgeoning mids and his bumble built friend group is the modern unit. <laughs> so this, is, this is one of the best fucking sentences I've ever seen. This is so good. The murmuring millennial male Lululemon Longhouse, burgeoning mids in his bumblebilt friend group. All of this alliteration is fantastic. And he is, people see this and they think this is inefficient writing. This is hyper efficient writing. 
he is packing so fucking much into each sentence. Like the uh, uh, the murmuring millennial male describing what that is. You could you could have an entire tweet just breaking down this 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 archetype of the murmuring millennial male, or you can call it the murmuring millennial male. And anybody who knows what you're talking about instantly knows what you're talking about. They can instantly identify the thing that you're this phenomenon that you're applying ma uh, mouth sounds to, and they've got the mind picture. Um, who goes along with this soft human resources tier? Soft human resources tier. Okay, this like soft human resources and tier. This is this is extremely online language. So human resources tier obviously is referring to like this this. Uh, you have these different tiers that that are associated with different like aesthetics or different vibes. So human resources tier. Um, I'm just imagining a boomer trying to read the sentence and just not even being able to. It, it would just it would be like the other the website we were reading earlier where it's like these are all these are all words in the English language, but in this particular arrangement, it's just gibberish to me. So the soft human resources tier Lululemon longhouse. Oh my god. What is Spinster. that? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six words. He perfectly encapsulated the idea of the 36-year-old spinster who's married to her career as like a PR rep or something like that. And she goes out drinking and then goes back home and cries herself to sleep in her <laughs> in her, you know, 72nd floor apartment, drinking wine and watching the office. But he didn't have to just he didn't have to do that whole and description. Her whole apartment smells kind of like cat piss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like cat piss and hair products. <laughs> yeah, ammonia and aerosol. <laughs> Dude, we should just we should come up with a product that's aerosol ammonia. <laughs> I wonder if you could even do that. <laughs> so when you miss your ex girlfriend, you can just spray it on your pillow. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, so the the soft human resources tier Lululemon longhouse of burgeoning mids, burgeoning mids, another just fantastic turn of phrase. And his bumble built <laughs> like, friend. You're really group. coming into your own. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> In his bumble built friend group. So it's like his, his friend group was like basically built through. There's so many ideas contained in this. Built through an app. Built through a dating app. Built through like um. <laughs> uh, it, it implies like the idea of like polycules and polyamory and this just kind of just degenerate, uh, meaningless lifestyle. So you don't like you have, we talked the other day about like have the difference between having a community and having a tribe. These people have a community. They don't have a tribe. These people, I guarantee you will turn on each other and backstab each other at the first, at, at a moment's notice. Their relationships are so incredibly shallow. This is what millennial relationships are like. This is what it's like to be a average uh, 30, late 20s to 30-something person right now. This is, this is my people. This is my demographic. And that is what Cooper's demographic looks at and is like, yeah, fuck this. You people are <laughs> utterly gay. I want nothing to do with this lifestyle. But then Cooper's Cooper's people also just sit at home and be sad, and they have their own weird weird uh, community on the internet that are that these people don't get. They don't get each other. There there there's there is no crossing over between these two uh, uh, demographics. We're like actually funny instead of like <laughs> Thanksgiving <laughs> and Cards Against Humanity. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> yeah.
Um, and what was the, okay. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's that tweet. So there's another tweet here. Let me see if there was anything else I wanted to say about this particular one. Um, I think, I think we'll go to the next one here because, um, Oh, well, real quick, before we do that, we're going to go down Brody's the rabbit coming. hole. Of, Brody's coming, really nailed it. He said, no, they don't have a community. It's a scene. Oh, I, that is what it is. Yes. Yes, they have a scene. They have like a performative. Um, I don't know. It's like, you know what? Oh, you know what just occurred to me? These people don't don't have they've never learned how to be friends with people. They've never learned how to have normal human social interactions. And so they're, they are LARPing friendship. They're like LARPing what they see on, on, on TVs and, and, and uh, on TV shows and movies. They're LARPing what it looks like to have friends and community and stuff. And just sort of uh, mashing up some sort of weird common interest that you guys have. They don't. So like he says, it's a scene. Then the, the zoomers, are like the next evolution of that where they are um they're ironically larping in their different scenes so they start they start interacting in the scene and um they they're very self-aware like they intentionally take a particular role in the dynamic whereas the millennials are like unconsciously larping the lenny the millennials think this is real the the zoomers know it's not real and they, so then they 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 be, because they can kind of detach themselves from reality, they can abstract out and then get super absurd. Uh, what's up, Joshua Ham? <clears throat> Good to see you. Cable yeah, the says they're uh, all like super fake. I yeah. Remember back when I used to be cool and play in a punk rock band. You got you get these crowds of people who would show up at freaking Max Bar several times a week. And they all kind of hated each other, but they hung out anyway because they didn't have anyone else. Mm-hmm. A scene is a pop-up community, Cable said. And they believe yeah. there is a lot of energy and like people were going places and no one's gone anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Those people There's a are lot still of activity. Activity masquerading still going to max. Uh-huh. These are the these are the people who are just drowning themselves in credit card debt so that they can try to make it seem like they have the life. Uh, if you're listening on the, on the audio version of this, you're just going to have to go watch the YouTube video to see what happened. Instagram photo friendships. Yeah. Brody's coming with the bangers. He knows his generation. He does. Yeah. He knows it better than yeah. me. I don't understand you guys at all. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it, there's really this, it's funny. We've been talking about this stuff for a while and I've been kind of struggling to conceptualize like what is the actual millennial identity? And it's it's kind of that the like millennials don't really have an identity. They're kind of just LARPing life. And they're they're sort of trying to follow this track that was laid down before them and taught to them. But like there's a reason why life coaches and and um <laughs> and like guidance, uh, like the, the whole guidance counselor thing has sort of been outsourced to 
different. Like the whole reason this has become an industry is because the millennials never actually learned how to grow up. They were just kind of like some systems were built and they were like, here you go, 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 go into the system. The system will teach you how to live. The system doesn't teach you how to live. Apparently it turns out. And so the millennials are like, okay, what's the next thing I'm supposed to do? You told me to go to college. I went to college. I got my degree. Now what do I do? And they're like, well, go like, into a scene. fucking job. Yeah. So they just, they're kind of like, all right, I need to look like a college student. What do college students do? Well, let me see. What does Netflix tell me? Okay. I'm going to go act like the college student that I saw on Netflix. I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go live that life, run up the credit card debt. And then all of a sudden you start getting the, the phone calls from the creditors. And it's like, wait, this is, this is real. This is actually, nobody told me how to deal with this. Nobody told me how to balance a checkbook or do do all this stuff. All these boomer things that they're all oh, the freaking kids don't know how to do all these things. Yeah, because you motherfuckers didn't teach us. Can't drive a stick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe the reason why your kids can't drive a stick is because you were a shitty dad. You ever think about that? Maybe you're the reason they can't drive a stick. This is the dynamic between the millennials and the boomers. And the the Zoomers are like the younger siblings who are sitting there watching and they're like, they're like, man, my older sibling is a fucking retard. Like, how do they just, how can they not function? Not knowing that the Zoomer gets to benefit from watching all the mistakes that the millennials make. The Zoomer gets to sit back and he's like, okay, so the millennials tried that. And I don't want to be that because you guys are completely insufferable. You're, 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 you're cringy to the max. So I'm going to go in the opposite direction completely. So the millennials are kind of like little, little, um, uh, I don't know, like marionettes of the boomers kind of the millennials are trying to live in the world. The boomers thought they were creating and gen X is like the generation that recognized the bullshit about the boomers. Cause they were like, they were the closest to them. They saw all of, all of this and they had this characteristic attitude of being like, um, uh, like rebellious, renegade individualist. Like the system doesn't care about you. Of course it's not fair. The kids that were raised on, they raised themselves on the streets, uh, uh, like Jason says, he 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 brings up the commercial, or the, the, there was a comedian or something talking about this commercial that they actually had to run commercials in like the eighties that said seventies and eighties. Like, do you know where your children are? Are you like kid, parents are just sitting at home, their kids are out running around the neighborhood, and they're like, do you know where your children are? Can you make sure you're aware? You know, but it was like the people who would go out and um, they knew it was time to come home because they'd hear their dad yelling down the street. Oh, okay, gotta go, gotta go home now. This sort of overlapped into the early part of the millennials, but by and large, the millennials grew up in just a completely different atmosphere with the helicopter parents. They got the helicopter parents, the, the helicopter parent segment of the boomers versus the completely hands-off segment of the boomers. Yeah, that was me. You got helicopter parented? Well, I had like, <clears throat> I had two extremes. My dad was the former. My mom was the latter. Hmm. So you got kind of a mixed experience then that's, so yeah. that's kind of why you're like a, you're like a, yeah, you're an early boomer or you're an early zoomer. Um, yeah. Um, okay. What were we, what were we saying here? Um, oh, we were going to go and look at this here. Yeah. We we're going to go down a rabbit hole here for a minute. All right, guys. So Nick Land and Andy Warhol had a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first of all, um, so this is this guy who wrote that tweet, uh, Scorch, as he's as he's known, Scorch Earth Policy, um, at S C A S S C E A R P O S C E A R P O on Twitter. Um, 
first of all, I'd encourage you guys to go check out Yayo Supply. It's Y-A-Y-O dot supply. Just, just go to that, go to that website, go check it out, dig around for a little while. You'll find some interesting stuff. Um, but his bio says chief of staff at Romilia corporation. And the reason I started doing this is I went and I looked at a couple of other tweets and I saw a few other people that had this same writing style as him making really, really fascinating observations about, um, you know, artificial intelligence and, uh, 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 crypto and, just this this kind of I don't know what you would call this sort of like an anthropology of like like looking at human anthropology and linguistics and just a lot of really interesting stuff. And I was like, this is this is very much like Nick Land people. This is Nick Land's style of prose. Or it's like a it's like an internet adaptation of Nick Land. Uh, not internet. Nick Land was on the internet. It's like a it's like a social media adaptation of Nick Land's um writing style. Um so I, it says chief of staff at Remilia Corporation. So I go to check out Remilia Corp. Um, first of all, this is what, <laughs> so, this is the sort of thing that you see in these circles here. I hate oh, anime just, so much. Hold on. This is just, this is going to just keep getting weirder. This is fascinating to me. Just these memes, this, all of this, this is all, it's anime. But like, ba hashtag based retard gang. Um, there's just there's something about this that just doesn't seem. I, I don't know. It, it just it keeps me keeps me digging. So, anyways, um, Romilia Corp. So I'm like, well, what's this Romilia? So I come over to Romilia.org, and <laughs> this is their website. I was like, well, this is interesting. Romilia pre presents the first official release of hashtag based retard gang, the chaotic love-pilled collective formed of network spirituality acolytes from the Milady community. The world's first post-identity hyper-referential post-authorship K-pop group has manifested abundance. Limited edition release of 150 cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and, and, and uh, you probably, I don't think I shared tab audio. But available on Bandcamp. There's there's music playing on the website like there would be like on a, the way it was on um, uh, MySpace. Like remember how you'd go to someone's MySpace page and they'd have a, a, a song that would they could put a song on their MySpace page that would play while you were scrolling through it. That's what they have here. I don't even know what to call it. It's like, I don't know, weird K-pop dance music, something. I don't know. It's completely... This is this is this is kind of this is getting me out of my depth. I don't know where I am. I'm like when I make it to this point in the internet, I'm like, all right, I'm lost. I am just sightseeing here. I have no idea what's happening around me. <laughs> so I'm scrolling down. They've got cigarette cases in Korean. They've got these weird flags. They've got all this art. Um they've got this this banner running across here. We're not in employment education or training. We're we're viral viral crypto zillionaires. This thing's just 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 uh, this banner is just going across this whole time. Um, we don't have to try. It just then the even better part is this one down here. It's going the opposite direction. So like you have to read this one backwards. The words come out and you have to read them backwards. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the ones that it said before. Um, uh, we're God's little warriors. We're network commandos. Um, 
This is this is getting into major Zoomer schizo humor. This is Cooper. I mean, this is this is even pretty far for Cooper. He was starting to feel a little. Uh, <laughs> we're we're loyal. We're lawyered up in the court of clout. This was this had this had Cooper even starting to feel a little out of his depth. But this is maybe it's because you're an early Zoomer. You needed to be a later Zoomer to. Could be. It also is like the the Nick Land acceleration of stuff. I just like never really caught a taste for. Uh huh. Never really interested me. Romilia corporate trucker cap. Milady orange bootleg beret. Please be patient with me, <laughs> trucker cap. <laughs> um, and what was the other? So there was this, and then there was somewhere else that I was. We're CDJs. We're supplement freaks. We're live laugh um, lovers. Yeah, we're live laugh lovers. That was one of theirs. <laughs> um. So this is this is all like it's getting into like deep like weird irony like so I'll say this like as I'm going through this this Twitter account and these different associated Twitter accounts there's a lot of women involved in this that do not sound like women like women don't think and talk and speak this way they're very very unusual now plus the four ones standard deviation IQ <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're now, if there were women who did think and speak this way, they would probably find themselves into a, a super weird internet niche community like this. But one yeah, of the things that autism. I suspect is going on, oh yeah, super, super autistic. And one thing that I suspect is going on is that this, that how do, I, how do I say this? I think that these are either, some of them might be actually, um, I almost said the word that's probably that this 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 platform doesn't like. Um, some of these are probably transmissions. Yeah, mm -hmm. some of these are probably transmissions um, or grannies. Some of these are probably grannies. Um, but uh, I, what I kind of think is happening is you have some of these people who are like becoming the the granny version of grannies. So if if a I'll just say the full word if a transgender person you have like. A, a, a transgender woman, then what happens when you get a transgender, transgender woman? So someone who's like, like, it, it, like once you've detached from reality, then there's nothing restricting you. You can go to infinite levels of, of, of irony, infinite levels of regress. So you can have someone who is a, a, <laughs> a granny of the grannies. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, these people are detaching from reality, but they're doing it in a really self-conscious way. Yeah, yeah. They're intentionally identifying in troon fashion as a troon. Right, right. So you're becoming like the troon to the troons. Um, it, which is exactly the sort of the type of humor that you get into with this. As you dig deeper, this is obviously it gets very much into crypto. And these... I want to I want to follow these people for a little longer and try to start to try to understand their view of the world because it's actually incredibly um, philosophically complex, and I think in a lot of ways these are the people who are seeing the evolution of technology the most clearly. They're like they'd probably tell you that you're completely wrong. Most likely, yeah. Like part and part of the nature of these sorts of communities is that they're they're intentionally impenetrable. They intentionally it's it's like you have to earn your way into the community. They they have their completely their own form of language.
mm-hmm. and they're constantly experimenting with just memes on memes on memes. Everything is is, is an elaborate performance art. And they're so their their communities. These are like NFT communities. They're they're built around Ethereum and NFTs and all that sort of stuff, which is mostly outside my my wheelhouse. I don't I can't I basically can't comment on it because I don't I don't understand it well enough. Um, but they are <laughs> slowly whiteboard. I identify as trans granny. <laughs> yeah, we're breaking poor Kyle's brain. <laughs> Kyle's not cut out for this shit. <laughs> Stop, get me off this planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Brody says it reminds me of something an AI would generate. You know what's crazy is I don't think we would know the difference. I think that like this is this is what's starting to happen. The AI generated content is would be identical to what they're generating because they're thinking like the AI thinks. This is part of the thing with the this is this is part the, of the Zoomer, autism. Yes, yes. This is the Zoomer autism is that they're beginning to think like the AI before the AI. They're becoming indistinguishable psychologically from the AI. These people, this little click here that uh, we stumbled upon, it seems that they're pretty influential. Mm -hmm. Very much. And and really niche schizo fringe whatever art collective. I don't know what you'd even call it. It's... They're like the yeah, movers and shakers like a... of right-wing dissident thought. Yeah, yeah, very much. They're a, they're a, like a, like, they're like a live action, not live action. They're, they're, they're like a, a, a perpetual performance art. They're a perpetual performance art that they've turned into a, a social governance structure where part of being invested in, the organization is participating in creating the art of the organization. And it's, they're, they're blurring the lines between art and property and politics and biology. It's everything is getting blurred, which is another characteristic of like the, the post postmodern thing. You have the, the postmodernists who were um, identifying the, how arbitrary everything becomes in an in a in a liberal society. If you take out the incarnational part of the society, then everything, all of these things just become arbitrary distinctions, distinguishers. So these these guys are, it took a little bit of digging, but it became clear. Like you could see it in their cadence and in the way they talked and the ideas they're talking about and stuff, that these are they're at least influenced by Nick Land. And as you dig a little further, it becomes clear they're they're explicitly um influenced by Nick Land. They're like taking his ideas and running with them. Um, and there was something that they, there was something they said about, um, oh, I can't remember what it was. I'll see Check if I can, out, I can come up with it later. <clears throat> Check out Gezebel Gebergably, similar schizo, but music. Interesting. That sounds like, uh, that sounds like, uh, um, Cooper's Cooper's jam schizo music slow by whiteboard said, did you see the fake plastic finger that you can put over your ring finger to make it look like you have six fingers? So you can say surveillance camera footage is AI in the courtroom. <laughs> that's, that's clever. Um, so there's, there's a, a big, um, the, the, these people are accelerationists. And part of what I'm realizing is part of being an accelerationist 
the people who are actual actual accelerationists, not just the guys who like think the word sounds cool and they're like, oh yeah, burn it all down, bro. These people aren't 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 burn it all down, bro. They're actually guys. pretty white pilled. Yes, they're very optimistic. They're very upbeat. There's kind of but and it's and it's again it's in a kind of an ironic self aware sort of way where they're constantly white pilled even when it's very obvious that there's no reason to be. They're just, they're consciously choosing that we're going to play this, this game of being white pilled about everything, no matter what. And it turns out it's, it makes them really productive. They're incredibly productive in across a lot of different domains. And I'm, it's becoming pretty clear that in the same way, in the same way, for example, that you made this, you made this point, Cooper, in the same way that the, uh, the like the Charlie Kirks of the world have their, um, people who are who, people who are telling them what to say essentially people whether they're they're aping them consciously or just following orders um th- those those people have that you've got these guys that are sort of that are on twitter that are more of the uh there's the aristophanes um zero hp lovecraft the guy we've been our, our, our favorite our, um, inaugural gunic yeah um a lot of these guys who are seem they seem really niche and they're kind of really far out on the fringe and everything but compared to these guys, those dudes are like, are, are, they're like closer to Ben Shapiro than they are to these guys. These guys are so far out on the fringe. And it seems very clear to me that these people, these are the guys who are really influencing the, the dissident right wing thought space that is then influencing the mainstream right wing thought space which is then influencing the mainstream thought space we're tracing it back to like the fringes of the internet which is where the real innovation and everything happens yeah they're just like accelerating on on memes mm-hmm. and like and like l- like literally like they're yeah. they're they've they've managed to intertwine art which mean like memes are a form of art it's like a linguistic art and then it can be an actual like 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 pictorial art and you can combine those things, and then you can combine that to property and money, and music, and music. You tie. You can. I mean, these. There's math at the at the root of all of these things. They're like this is. I don't understand it, but this is where society is going. Society is following these types of people, for better or for worse. So I think it's good to understand at least at least be looking at them, even if you don't understand them. Well, and think of. You've mentioned before that Generation A, the kids coming up now, who are the kids of the millennials and the maybe some of the older Gen Z, like my kids, mm-hmm. they're like, what's the word you use? Like turbo zoomers? They're even mm-hmm. crazier, dude. Yeah. Yeah, they it, like they're going to get even they're going to get that shit. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Because like they're going to they're going to be <coughs> learning this stuff. I mean, I'm sure that by, I don't know, 10 or 15 years from now, pe- kids are going to be learning how to mint NFTs before they're like 10. They're going to like this sort of thing, or at least at least by the time they're in high school, like they're going to learn this sort of stuff very much. These This is like the language of the future. These are the directions that it's going to go. This actually gets us into the uh, the other tweet for this guy that I want to read um, and the conversation that that's going to tie into. Um, Slowboy Whiteboard said, 
there are always reasons to be white-pilled in Christ. And that is absolutely the case. Um, all right, so let's come over to this other tweet from this guy. And this tweet is a response to a response to his original tweet. <clears throat> uh, do us a favor and like the stream, guys, if you're watching live um, or if you're watching afterwards. Throw us a like on the video and comment on it. Um, let us know your thoughts on this. Call us names. Um, tell Cooper he looks funny. And uh, uh, it helps us with the algorithm, helps us grow the show, get it in front of more people. Um, and then you can also, if you're just encountering this on YouTube for the first time, you can also go uh, uh, download it on, on any uh, podcatcher. And if you're listening to this on a podcatcher, you can go watch us um, the live stream on YouTube as well. Um, shout out to our new YouTube members uh, today. We got uh, Jason from the 2-Bit Podcast. We got uh, Brody Alexander, young old boy. And we got Well Emanuel. Uh, appreciate all of you guys. So Kat Schrodinger replied to his original tweet that we just finished going over and said, you're all about natural, Yeah. Isn't this natural evolution, i.e., nature balancing itself once the point of over once at the point of overpopulation by evolving into a society less likely to breed? Now, I thought this was really interesting after kind of going through some of this guy's like viewing this guy and seeing him as being part of this like weird NFT collective accelerationist Andy Warhol, like extremely online thing. Because this person who apparently has been following him for a while says, You're all about natural, yeah. And I was like, what on earth is natural about this guy's, like, anything this guy thinks or talks about? I've just started following him, so I've never seen him before. And then I read this tweet, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's just, these are like two of the best tweets I've ever read. So let's go through it. He says, it's actually a very interesting line of discussion, processing deliberation as a symptom of natural selective biology. I would argue that this isn't completely natural on its own. It's a byproduct of a select number of individuals propagating a consumer, cult, consumer culture meant to rob people of their autonomy. The intent is to create neutered cattle for more consistent markets and easy maneuvering for political gain. The actual people behind this process aren't all in some boardroom conspiring together. It's a simultaneous effort from a decentralized series of think tanks, marketing groups, media conglomerates, etc. This here, this is like, this is when I started getting excited as I was listening to, the, as I was reading this. Because this is what I've been trying to say to people. Like, this isn't, it doesn't have to be a conspiracy to also be a conspiracy. People don't have to be explicitly conspiring for it to seem like a conspiracy. So uh, he says, much like how vultures, hyenas, and ants all don't coordinate when they go to eat a dead gazelle's carcass. Again, fantastic visual. That, that, that really sells it. Um, it's incentives themselves steering certain opportunist factions into having a population become lobotomized for personal gain. And there's an even split between financial incentive and political incentive between these differing groups. When you talk about what's natural, there's the all-encompassing sense of everything human beings do is just a reflection of their nature. Capitalism is an extension of biology. Money is information, is bacteria. Time is a parasite, et cetera, et cetera. I was I just was going back through listening to some of our old uh, Kingpilled episodes from a couple of years ago. And there was one of them where I was talking about this, that that uh, when you're talking about, we have this kind of this arbitrary distinction we've created between nature and humans, as if humans are somehow not part of nature. And so when a human does something, it's unnatural. We even have these categories like natural and synthetic. Like what what is it, man making something, why does that make it unnatural? Why is it unnatural if a man makes or does something, but then it's not. So this is, it, it hints at some sort of weird epistemology where you see, um, 
you see man is somehow like separate from nature as opposed to a part of nature. Yet at the same time, these same people will see man as, oh, we're just evolved monkeys. Like, what is it? How do you, how do you evolve away from nature? Um, so this happening on a grand scale is natural, but so is the response. Again, the, the, the thing that's happening, he's saying, so this happening, it's this, uh, millennial, uh, malaise, this millennial, like, um, it's like the uncanny Valley of social relationships. You've seen the uncanny Valley where it's like, um, when they're doing animation and they're trying to get the, the, um, they, they get it almost looking human-like, but it's still just different enough that it kind of triggers the, like the yuck factor or what do they call it? the ick factor is when you get like the ick factor from like animation, that's almost human, but it's a little different. Usually it's the upper lip is like weirdly stiff and it doesn't move like a person's natural upper lip does. That's what this millennial social gathering thing, like Hank's giving, it's like the uncanny Valley of, of social relationships. So this happening on a grand scale is natural, but so is the response coming from nodes in the network choosing to reject the outcome. It's natural for a snow leopard to devour a mountain goat, but it's just as natural for the goat to escape, leaving the snow leopard to starve to death. So yes, it's natural to watch a civilization castrate itself in the face of misrepresented incentives, but it's also natural to reject that outcome and create guerrilla propaganda to redirect such a fate. There you go. That's a little, uh, a little uh, peek into his ethos that's part of as you kind of dig into the 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 um what was it uh, yayo.supply um and the Remilia, uh, this whole thing you'll realize that this is an intentional guerrilla effort that's very 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 effective because these people are operating on such a such a like a core level of human psychology um the delineation between what's natural in a traditional biological sense as it applies to humans is basically just semantics. All we can do is compare what we've been doing for a longer period of time to a shorter period of time. By that metric, civilization itself isn't natural. We've been fucked up since the domestication of plants and animals. If you want to take that standard further, we've been fucked up since the discovery of the language parasite. If you want to go even farther, the cycle of discovery and exponential acceleration of technology wildly transforming us is a fractal infinite in every direction. At a large enough scale, everything is natural. I just got to give him a shout out for using this really cool word, fractal. I don't know if you guys have heard of fractals. They're really cool, man. They're like this this math thing. Yeah, yeah. I love math. I even put it in my name. <clears throat> so math Erickson. Math Erickson, yeah. <laughs> Great. Now I need to change all my all my social <laughs> media profiles. <laughs> Um, I thought this is really interesting, um, especially like this, this little throwaway line. Capitalism is an extension of biology. Money is information is bacteria. Time is a parasite. These are all like, holy shit, please, please write an entire blog post on just this subject so that I can, I can, <laughs> so that I can read that. Um, So I don't, I guess I don't have a, like a, a, a super clear uh, segue for this, from this into the next thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to, to put that out there because I think we'll refer back to this in the future. Um, this, there's a handful this of notion things in here. It's a really interesting yeah, go ahead. tweet, but there's, it's an interesting tweet, but there's a handful of things in here that I don't, I don't agree with. I don't know why yet. I'd have to think more on it, but uh, it's kind of tripping an instinct. Hmm. Do you want to talk about that, Cooper? Um, well, scroll down. 
I guess it depends how they're defining their terms. Like capitalism is an extension of biology. I just flat out disagree with that. Hmm. But I, you know, I was going to say, I think capitalism is rather, rather artificial, but he's kind of redefining things here about what's natural and what's artificial. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe well, I should yeah, and that's, that That's kind of the whole thing here. Like it's, it's, we create these categories like natural and artificial or, um, or what, like, like, like natural and unnatural. And, but it kind of begs the question of like, what is nature? What is it? Well, and furthermore, the, the tweet that he's responding to, I just think I disagree with its premises that what we're looking at is the population basically castrating itself at the point of overpopulation. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're anywhere close to overpopulation. Yeah, that's true. But then I guess, so then the, the, the question is, if there's been sustained propaganda for years that we're close to overpopulation, then to what extent does that embed itself in the psychology of, of people? And, and then question. to what extent is that natural versus unnatural? Is it natural to propagandize someone? And in the way that we use natural and unnatural? Because like natural and unnatural is used to mean is kind of used to mean like real or it, it, there's, there's almost a, like a purity factor to it. Like something's unnatural. It's like impure. It's icky. It's Brody artificial. says, Brody says, I often hear argument that capitalism is a description of what is, I mean, I guess if that's how we're defining it, then maybe I'd have to reconsider, but capitalism I don't know. Maybe I'm being a boomer here and just like, well, this is how capitalism is actually defined. Traditionally, it means this, this, this. I don't know. I don't I don't think. I don't know. I certainly libertarians would agree with that. And I think libertarians are gay. So maybe I'm just constitutionally like averse to. Jocking capitalism up to a description of reality. I guess it's interesting description of a certain kind of reality that were or a certain kind of experience maybe so you took this i'm understanding now you when you you when you read that you read it as like a like saying that capitalism is um like the natural state of humans or something like that that, that. Seems, uh, granted i don't understand i haven't i haven't really dipped my toe too deeply into the the nick land world mm-hmm. um that's all very heady maybe maybe i'll do a deep dive on that and come back and let you know mm. what I find. But it seems to me that they are capitalists in a sense, but they're they're not defining capitalism in the traditional sense. Hmm. Like that's interesting because capital the way- they're they're you're they have a they have a particular definition of capital. Mm-hmm. Um and then they call themselves capitalists with reference to that particular definition of capital and, and therefore they're capitalists of a sort, but it's not like your traditional capital capital is a mouth, mouth sound mind pictures thing. Yeah. 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 Cause it's interesting, or, um, Nick land, I believe I, I heard him argue at one point that he believes capital capitalism began with the invention of the number zero. And then capitalism mm. has just been accelerating since then or something of that sort. Oh, interesting. I'm kind of talking out of my ass here, but 
like I said, I've only dipped my toe into that world a little bit. Huh. So when I read this, capitalism is, is an extension of biology. The way I read it is that he just picked something kind of kind of random, just like he could have had any other ism in here. But what he's what he's pointing at is that the development of ideologies is not unnatural in the way that we use natural and unnatural. Like a, a an ideology is not foreign to the human species. An ideology is a product of the human species. Now, this is operating from kind from kind of a, a secular evolutionary perspective, but like these are the when we contextually use the term natural and unnatural, we're using it kind of in this context, typically. And so it's like, is it natural versus is it synthetic? And an ideology, like a thing, a, a, a set of ideas conceived of by human beings shouldn't be thought of as unnatural. It's not that it's the, the problems with these things aren't that they're unnatural per se. Um, there's, there's other things that are wrong with them. Um, which is kind of what he's what he's getting at, I think, with the broader tweet is that that um, whether well, my, point, my point with uh, mentioning that at least Nick Land, as far as I know, kind of stakes the beginning of capitalism with the invention of the number zero, is to point out that um, that far preceded capitalism in like the liberal sense. Right. So they're referring to something different. Hmm. Hmm. Well, now you've given me something to go read and study because this would be, this would be, I don't know why I haven't really read much Nick Land because I know a lot of people talk about it being really impenetrable and hard to read, but it actually kind of like something about the way that he puts words together just scratches an itch in my brain. So I actually like enjoy, I enjoy his prose. Um, but uh, yeah, now I'm going to have to go do that. Uh, all right. So. Let me think of where I wanted to go with this. So there's, okay, I don't need that anymore. Okay. So what happens when boomers die? We've been discussing this. We've been discussing this in the, the King Pilled uh, Discord voice chats for the last. Do all boomers go to heaven? <laughs> No, <laughs> at least I don't think so. I don't know who I don't. I guess technically it's theoretically possible, but um, uh, no, the we've been discussing basically this kind of this growing dynamic because we've been, we've been exploring fleshing out the um, the relationship between the Zoomers and Gen X, and they kind of have this kindred spirit thing going on, and then the Boomers and the Millennials sort of have this kindred spirit thing going on, and the. The boomers as a generation have held on for vastly longer than most generations do. Normally, boomers would have would have fallen out of power earlier. Like people didn't remain in the positions of ins daily institutional power well into their 80s um, in the past. It's just not it's not normal. But but because of the nature of the the boomer system that they inherited, they're like the trust fund kid is the analogy we've been making. You have this trust fund kid that inherits the system, and they're able to spring themselves up into positions of enormous power because they're capitalizing, capitalizing on this artificial, this system that's been introduced that is unique. You get the American global empire that really kind of comes into its own immediately after World War II and proceeds to spend the next several decades essentially just kind of um, uh, 
flogging every last little bit of value that they can out of every corner of the world and accumulating it all back to the capital city of the empire, which is the United States. So United States citizens have been disproportionately enjoying a cheap cost of living and exponentially growing technologies that they benefit from and all of this, they're capitalizing on all of this at the expense of everyone else. So the, the U S got extraordinarily wealthy all of a sudden. And this in the boomer mind, this just gets attributed to oh, the magic of capitalism. You know, we freed the market up and, and we eliminated all the Nazis in the world and we beat back those evil communists and worked really hard. And, and then we worked really hard and that's the beauty and magic of capitalism. It just magically makes dollars appear in the sky. You know, and then we we just pick those dollars up. We go out and we harvest our dollars every morning, and because we're good, red-blooded Americans, and then it's just at this point, it's very obvious that this is not actually how this shit works. <laughs> Google the petrodollar if you need to. the 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 boomer generation established themselves in positions of power and authority by capitalizing on this on this wave riding right after the like in the immediate post-war period. Then they've institutionalized themselves at the top of these, these, um, these, these uh, uh, power structures, and many of these power structures are built as these egos that we've talked about. These they have this embedded growth obligation that is, um, it's it's required. The the nature of the system is that it has to continue growing. It has to continue growing and expanding. There has to be more and more and more people in it for the system to succeed and proceed successfully. Slow boy is turning on us. What's slow boy saying? Shut it down. Uh, you're using juice talking points. One person's success doesn't necessarily mean it's at anyone else's expense. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying it necessarily means it's at, at someone else's expense. I'm saying it was at someone else's expense in this particular historical case. The U.S. The U.S. economically benefited at the expense of these other countries through forcing trade deals on them and um and uh, um which was weaponizing done by, by juice. Yes, yes. They're weaponizing the 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 power of the regime to enrich the heart of the regime. This was the first thing that was done. So they enriched themselves, they extracted themselves from the rest of the society, and they're hoarding I now I sound like a like a Bernie bro. They're hoarding all of this wealth. And they're they're <laughs> they're they're accumulating all of this and, and insulating themselves. But and you see, Matt. Hoarding money is actually a good thing for the small guy because when you hoard money, that takes it out of like the pool of money and increases the value of the dollar. <laughs> right, well, right. The libertarians no, why would say. You're right, right. The uh, uh, slow boy hoarding oh, man, money is that Scrooge Scrooge McDuck is actually good. We need more. Right, right. The the problem with society is that we don't we aren't all Scrooge McDucks. That's the biggest that's, here. That's right. <laughs> If we're all Scrooge McDucks, then none of us are. And there, you just got rid of Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck. Um, the so so the Boomer generation has has persisted at the top of these institutional power structures for a very long time. You look at the 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 meetings of the world leaders, and you're starting to get little representatives here and there that are younger, but the vast majority of the most powerful people in the world are all at least retirement age, if not well past it. There's the particular characteristic of the boomer generation is I got mine. I'm keeping it. You got to work and get yours with a completely like decontextualized 
understanding of the reality of the market now versus back then. The boomers as a generation, individual boomers are different than this, but as a generation, characteristically, the boomers have this attitude of my kids aren't getting my, my wealth. I built this wealth for myself. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to flush the last little bit of it down the drain on my end of end of life care and um, you know, to ensure that I'm nice and happy and comfortable. And you know, on the flip side, the kids are like, all right, well, fuck you, mom and dad. I'll put you in, in a nursing home and let you pay your way through it. Meanwhile, <laughs> and then when you I'm die, getting the gonna, dregs. Yeah, once you die, we'll sell off the last bit of the family farm that you uh, squandered and take our cut mm-hmm. and burn right. it on a new car or something. Right. Right. Now, the funny thing is what's going to happen here is within the next just just think about dates here. So if you say the boomer started around, I don't know, 1947, 1948, then that means the the oldest boomers are somewhere around 75 now, 75, 80. They're in that that range, which means they're already living on borrowed time. They're already above the average, the average, uh, um, uh, like date of death, life life expectancy. expectancy. Yeah. Um, additionally, you've got the youngest boomers who really it's kind of right around 19, 1960, 1963, somewhere 1965, somewhere in that range. So basically they're about 60. The youngest boomers are right about 60. And as you get to the young boomers, the young boomers start becoming a lot more like Gen X. So we've got all of these old boomers who are holding on. There there is tremendous wealth and institutional power under their control because they got themselves at the top of these systems and then they've just sat there for years and years and years and let everybody back up behind them. So over the next, I don't know, 10 to 15 years, there's going to be a massive die-off of boomers. Virtually all the boomers are going to die. Which means... Much of the boomer um, worldview, which is what the all so many of these institutions and these systems are established in the spirit of the boomer worldview, that worldview is going to die. And you've got this these next generations of largely Gen X, the more the more um, uh, earlier, more advanced millennials that aren't as incompetent. They're the ones who are are um, essentially positioned to step in and fill this void. And and I'm not saying that the that the boomers are going to die and all of their money is just going to get distributed out into society. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the boomers are going to die and relinquish all sorts of capital. Maybe it's going to go into the trust, maybe it's going to in either way there's going to be new people who are now responsible for this type of capital and for distributing it and allocating it and using it. And you're going to have the Gen X mentality coming, ascending into power and actually making their full stamp on it, which means people like Elon, Bezos, um, uh, Peter Thiel, the whole PayPal mafia, Mark Andreessen. Um, what's the, the Salesforce guy? What's his name? Um, uh, uh, Benioff, Mark Benioff. This this is a very different psychology. Gen X is the generation of um, cryptography and the the generation that that invented the blockchain, essentially. It's the generation that grew up on the internet. 
they grew up playing like internet based strategy games and video games. They started, they're the ones who were developing video games. They see the world in a very different way. They're going to be ascending into positions of power, which means that the positions of power are going to take a very, they're at least going to be psychologically become very different. And I think they're going to take a different shape. One of those shapes is, um, let me see how I can kind of get through this as quickly as possible because we're already past an hour and a half, but I wanted to get into the stakeholder capitalism thing. So stakeholder capitalism is this big, this big, uh, um, I don't know, boogeyman. A lot of people are very worried about it. It's associated with the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Put most simply, the idea of stakeholder capitalism is that rather than shareholder capitalism, where the the company has a responsibility to its shareholders, stakeholder capitalism says that every single company has a um, a fiduciary duty toward anybody their company comes in contact with. So that would be customers, uh, uh, contractors, uh, employees, communities that they exist in, um, uh, other companies, literally like every person in the world. So you're, you're taking an organization and you're saying this organization that exists to do these things has a fiduciary duty to literally everyone. That's not a company. That's a government. You've just created a government. This is what stakeholder capitalism is. This is the whole great reset. You're going to own nothing and you're going to love it. What we're seeing is a transition from a um, the managerial era where the managers exist as an intermediary between the private companies and the people. You have the public managers that is what constitutes the government. That third party, that intermediary is being taken out of the way. And it just so happens this corresponds with the psychology of the, of the millennial because the millennial is like, we need to instantiate and preserve all of the things the boomers created. So we need to have, we need to have, there's nothing that millennial loves more than a fucking HR department. Ugh. But what's going to happen is, <laughs> so everyone, everyone sees this world economic forum thing with stakeholder capitalism. And they're like, oh, DEI and all of this. I'm here to make the case that automating an HR department is the same thing as eliminating it. And this is what's happening through, uh, uh, right, right now, what we're seeing is all of the white collar jobs are the ones that are being automated. One of the easiest ones to automate is an HR department. You're already starting to see it happen. First, first, it's going to get outsourced. That's what's really starting to happen. HR is being outsourced. Pretty soon, HR is going to be automated. Because you got to think at the same time, the people who are coming into the positions of making the like, do you think Elon Musk wants to have an HR department that he has to deal with? Or does he just want to automate it? He's like, whatever, what do you want? DEI things? Okay, here, uh, let's put this, put a couple lines of code in here, set it up to do this thing there. Okay, we've got our HR department. The thing is, an HR department, which is fundamentally feminine, if you automate that thing, you've made it masculine. Because ma automation is a masculine phenomenon. It's impersonal, you know, objective, success. pragmatic. I was just as an aside going to mention that the one thing I hate more than HR departments is the men who work in HR departments. They're the worst. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they're spiritually feminine. You have Ugh. to be spiritually feminine to work in an HR department. 
HR departments got, are a function of the managerial by, I got fired by a guy in an HR department once. Ugh. That's got to be a low feeling. How did uh, you Cooper? Well, I didn't really like him. Hmm. Is that the end of the story? Uh, no, like, okay, so I had put in some time off like uh, FMLA an FMLA request because my son was about to be born and then I need and then I filed an extension to take a few more days off and then I get back to work that following Monday and this uh, soylent goblin pulls me into the office <laughs> and says like oh you don't have a job anymore uh, we're going to escort you out and we'll mail you all of your stuff from your desk and I'm like like my wallet can I go get that like we'll mail it to you because <clears throat> I don't know they were worried I was going to shoot up the place or something <laughs> well you kind of have a look <laughs> I guess but like that's the thing like dude if my extension didn't get approved could you have like called me you know right I don't know I don't I don't mm. like the guy yeah so yeah. HR departments like yeah, this is the HR departments are bullshit. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, completely not necessary. This is a feature of the the managerial society. But we're starting to see a because of the nature of the progressions of technology, we're seeing like the, we're seeing a new rise in entrepreneur entrepreneurialism, which is like each time a new company is created, you've got a little like a little slice of power here that's been carved off into a, into a, a separate domain. And that's what we are. We're businessmen. We're power brokers. Yeah, right. That's right. We will broker some power for you. Just get in touch with us if you have some power for us to broker. Give us your money. Yeah. Um. So the 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 rise, the like the return of entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial spirit and the ability through the internet of being able to create different ventures this way, is leading to a a fractionate fractionation fra fractionization fractals fractals a, a, a it's leading to a fracturing of the business environment so what you're what we're getting now is instead of kind of having like a like the the bell curve is flattening so you're going you're getting a whole bunch of little tiny companies and then a couple of really big companies so i guess it's not the bell curve flattening it's like it's, it's expanding it's, yeah I don't, I don't know what I was trying to say. Basically, what I was trying to say is you have... <laughs> I don't know what I was trying like, to say. Basically, what I was trying to say... And so, yeah, instead of having like a Fortune 500 and then like other little companies, you're going to have like a Fortune 5. And then the Fortune 5 are going to be absolutely gigantic. And then all of the other companies are going to be a lot smaller. And a lot there, there's going to be from uh, company six to company, you know, end company is that that's going to be a lot closer than say fortune company fortune 501 is to like the smallest company today. Um, so this dynamic corresponds with the rise of the gen X psychology, which is naturally very independent, entrepreneurial renegade. We're going to do it our own way. Very pragmatic. It's kind of analogous to like, like a sort of feudalism. Yes, where you have like this is new, you know, you got a hand. Yeah, you have a handful of lords, and then you have 
all the little guys, which is basically every family in their family business. Yes. Yes. Brody makes an interesting point. He says HR is also a feature of managing a workplace filled with women. That's a really good mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's no no coincidence that these things arose at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think one feature of the rise to power of the Gen X archetype, especially the the given the dynamic of the internet and the personalities of the people who are on the internet, the ones who are like the most distilled expression of the Gen X archetype are going to be the ones to to have the most influence in the next generation in the same way it works with the worked with the boomers. Um <clears throat> you're Oh, I'm losing my train of thought. We've been going for too long. That's um, fine. Do you want to chimp out? Yeah. We haven't chimped out in a long time. Do you think the people are ready for us to chimp out? Do you think are they the have any ready? idea what they're in for? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. You ready? Let's do this. Let's go. I feel a lot better. Yeah, that was that was great. That cleared the head. Yeah, cleared the sinuses. Yep. I dropped my phone. Yeah, everything went fucking everywhere over here. My headphones <laughs> fell out and just trying not to blow out the like destroy everyone's ears on the mics. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Crispy Rothschild said most sense you made all night. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Um so essentially the to try to distill this down, the you're seeing this this rise of neo-feudalism and the the principles of um the great reset are going to just they're they're going to be an accelerant to this because the great reset is essentially the recreation of private governance you're taking the governments out of the way and i think this ties into this rise of these ostensibly right-wing politicians taking power that you have the 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 geert wilders and javier millier or whatever i don't even fucking know what these guys names are anymore <laughs> these these ostensibly right-wing guys even the thing, the 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 uh, uh, fuck the the fighter Connor Connor McGregor, him he's getting real riled up about what's going on in Ireland and talking about how he's got this whole vengeful son thing going on, and I think that this is going to probably be a pretext for something like the governments have been taken over. The governments are just too corrupt. We can't trust them anymore. They've been infested with Nazis or whomever else. And what we need to do is we need these major companies to start stepping up. You combine this with company towns and um, you see the way that these major fortune 500 companies are buying up real estate. It's pretty dystopian at the same time. Like, like cable set up here, it's, it's, uh, it's essentially like the pretext to Yarvin's patchwork society. So we're the, the technological trends are starting to match up with the generational trends. You're having technological trends that are incentivizing this um, entrepreneurial um, uh, segmentation of the market. You also have the World Economic Forum 
and their stakeholder capitalism, which is really just a euphemism for private governance. You're going to get the rise of, of, of neo-feudalism, of company towns, and the people who are subject to them are going to be like medieval peasants. They're going to be subject to their ruling overlords. This is going to start in sections. It's going to be in some places. It's not going to be in others. And this is going to take some time. But I think it's going to this sort of dynamic is going to happen faster than people expect because the boomer die-off is going to happen so quickly. And it's going to be so dramatic. Because never before have we had a generation that's so institutionalized in power when they die. So a lot of power is going to be up for grabs really quickly. And I see these types of niche communities online that are people, these accelerationist type people who are, they recognize where the puck is going and they're trying to skate to where the puck is going rather than to where it is now. And it's like the act of skating to where the puck is going is part of what makes the puck go there. They see... I'm not saying this specific schizo community on the internet is going to rule the world. Wouldn't be I'm so saying bad. this, it may not be, yeah. But I'm saying this sort of psychology is what characterizes the people who are looking at this like a game. They're looking at, they're not looking at the, the world through ideological lenses, at least not the way the boomers were. They're starting to look at this as a game. How can we engineer the outcomes that we want? And they're doing it on a pretty sophisticated, complex level. So when, when people, you can, you can be blackpilled about this. You can, you can take the really pessimistic, um, you know, yeah, shelling point. Sandman said, is that a shelling point? Yeah, that is, that is a shelling point. You have all of these people. Again, it, it, it can look like a conspiracy, but it's not necessarily a conspiracy. It's just a bunch of people following their baked-in incentives. And the nature of the baked-in incentives is leading it to this sort of outcome. There could be another, we could go hours longer tying this into artificial intelligence and the way that artificial intelligence is reflecting back to us what we're doing while we're doing it and accelerating this meta dynamic. Because that's, that, that's all AI is doing is it's taking this thing that, you can almost think of the Zoomers as being like the proto-AI people. Because they're they're reacting to their previous generations the way that an AI does. So there's there's so many different directions you could go. You could you could talk about this um, for forever, but um, we're coming up on two hours here. Let me just check um, the list of things that I'd said we were going to talk about to make sure I didn't miss anything. The death of the managers. We do. Is this what you were referring to with the boomers? Oh yeah yeah yeah. So the death of the managers. That's the that's when the you have both the boomers and the the managerial regime that they've presided over, and you have the millennials, who are the generation that's kind of found themselves as those middle managers. And the millennials are probably going to be SOL, a lot of them. A lot of the millennial generation are the ones who are going to wind up under the boot of the most uh, ruthless of these new uh, private social governance structures that arise. But I think that the Gen X spirit and Zoomer spirit both lend themselves to a lot more um, uh, like them being detached from reality. The Zoomers being detached from reality and not believing anything is actually a perk. Um, you know, it kind of cuts both ways, but there's a positive side to it where they're not beholden to ideology. Yeah. So um, anyways, I guess it's just, uh, I want other people to be able to kind of see the, see where the puck is going so we can start skating there, skating there together. Um, 
how conspiracies form, even in the absence of conspiracy ideas have people. Yeah, that was the, um, you know, the conspiracy. It doesn't have to be an organic conspiracy. It can be a um, just the the natural outworking of a bunch of people all following their incentives because they're possessed by particular ideas and those ideas complement each other or don't complement each other. Um, and you don't necessarily see that you're just kind of acting according to your incentives. Um, so when the boomers die, we're going to see a huge, a huge shift. And I'm thinking we should probably coin a term for it. It's going to be something like the, maybe you call it like the great adjustment or the great acceleration, um, sort of like the great reset, but it's not really going to be a reset because we're not resetting back to anything. It's going to be a very quick ad ad adjustment. It's uh, What if it turns out to be kind of gay? It probably the will. Gay. The big gay. Yeah, the big yeah. gayifying. Yeah. The big gayifying. You know, you have this tendency. No, no, the big gay no. is fine. You have this tendency to just like add more words and more syllables than are necessary to everything I say. Uh -huh. Why do you do that? Because I have to bet counterbalance you. No, it's got to be punchy. <laughs> well, sometimes the big boom. <laughs> sometimes like, you're you're the big gay, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's a really interesting idea." The large gayifying event. I'm like that's not what I said, <laughs> Matt. That's. Ah, <laughs> uh, almost two hours. We got to get out of here. Appreciate well, you guys. Let's shill. Thank you for, yeah, let's, let's shill our things. Come sign up. We've got some ideas that we're, we're working out the kinks, but we might have uh, some ideas that are going to set the world on fire. So you want to be a part mm -hmm. of that. Oh, it's yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. We started talking about a really interesting one yesterday. That was, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if this, we'll see if this happens. If it does, we may have, uh, we may be toppling the domino that Tom that topples the ultimate domino. Um, and then what was the other? Yeah. The supporting listeners group, you can join up there. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I think it was Brody who commented and said <clears throat> that he is, he's over 25, but he's not a father. And he wanted to know if the, um, the, the, <laughs> he wanted to know if the, if our, our fitness and nutrition coaching, um, program if he would be eligible for it and unfortunately no you are no i'm just kidding um yeah if you're the reason why we're we say fathers over 25 is because we want a particular psychological type we want to work with a particular type of guy if you are a father and you're over 25 you're naturally going to be given toward taking things more seriously or you're more you're more likely to be taking things more seriously um, you're going to be more conservative in your choices. You're starting to sort of confront the, you know, you're, it, maybe it's not that you're, you're not confronting being over the hill yet. That starts happening once you're in your thirties, you know, a little further on, uh, depending on how old you are, but it, it's kind of like, you're starting to realize you're on a hill and, and you start needing to make some life choices. So if you're over 25 and you're not technically a father or you're not a father yet, then you want to yeah, be, you but you want to be, yeah, then you can come, you can come join up. Um, cause also, cause we got some young guys in there too, who may need, um, uh, I don't know, would you call it like a, not a father figure, but maybe like a, like an avuncular figure. Um, Will you be my dad? <clears throat> yeah. He said he did agree. Cooper. He said, if that's oh, what good. it takes, he'll be your dad. So you have a dad cool. now. Cool. Your, your dad, your dad is young old boy. <laughs> All right. Young old boy. <laughs> What's up? Daddy? Anyways, 
So if you guys are interested in the, in the fitness and nutrition, um, uh, coaching program that we we've got going on, then, um, there is, I think I put in the, in the chat or in the, the, the description of the video, uh, you can just shoot me an email, Matt at, at hyperboreanlodge.com, Matt at hyperboreanlodge.com. Uh, just shoot me an email and let me know that you're interested and we'll, uh, we'll get you, we'll get you going. Uh, all right. Almost two hours. I feel like I'm out of words. Let's end this. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Rook Kingpilled, at Cooper Brooks. Please like this stream. Please share it. Please comment on it. Uh, please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Turn on that little bell notification so that you know when we go live, when we post videos. And last call, Kingpilled Discord. Subscribe start.com slash Kingpilled. You can come join the Discord. We'll do a voice chat in there tonight where we'll talk about some more of this stuff and maybe some other stuff. Might do a little noticing. Might talk a little, uh, how can we blow up the world through the invention of very interesting business models. And yeah, subscribe, subscribe start.com slash kingpilled. If you get in now, you will be automatically grandfathered in at the top tier. No matter what you're paying now, you'll be automatically grandfathered in at the top tier of the new and improved Kingpill Discord community that will be coming out here in the near future. So we'll talk to you later, guys. Have a good one.